You're listening to The Very Brave Podcast, the podcast for women who are looking to find their brave and take more bold steps in life. We'll be chatting with women from all walks of life about redefining bravery away from just physical and heroic battlefield acts and being more inclusive of emotional, moral and spiritual bravery. The very things women the world over are participating in every single day. If you're ready to be inspired by stories of feminine bravery from across the globe and you know it's time to make your next bold move, then get comfortable, grab a coffee and let's get started. back to the Very Brave podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Evans, and a bit of a different type of episode here for the Very Brave podcast. It's our very first Brave Rave. And on a Brave Rave, I'm going to be giving you some of my thoughts based on my experiences, especially over the last five years. And I'm hoping that it will give you some food for thought for you to take back into your own life I know some of the things uh, you will be able to relate to that I share with you. Others uh, you may not experience and some things I hope you never have to experience. But in the Brave Raves, uh, I'm going to bring the big, tough discussions to you in the hope that it lights a pathway for you to share with somebody else who might be experiencing something similar. Today I want to talk to you about money. And I want to talk to you about it in a way that you perhaps hadn't needed to think about before. And uh, I really hope that you never find yourself in a situation where you're forced to deploy some of what I'm about to talk about. But I certainly found myself in a situation unexpectedly going on five years ago now. And I arrived in a place where I recognized that I was severely underfunded for my retirement years, even though I was uh, about 25 years away from the traditional retirement age. Now, I discovered this when I separated from my first husband. Now, we have to stop for a moment take a look around, pause, realize what is going on in society right at this moment. About one in every two marriages is ending in divorce, whether that's early on in the marriage or late in the marriage after children have left home and wives have spent their best working years actually uh, in the home caring for children. Now, I have always worked. Uh, I have never been a full-time stay-at-home mum, but I have been self-employed for more than a decade. And as any self-employed man or woman knows, you don't always do the right thing by contributing to retirement funds when you're, especially when you're in the startup years, you know, money's tight. Uh, You're not thinking about what you're going to be doing at age 65. You're just trying to make sure that you keep the doors to your business open tomorrow. And when I was uh, newly self-employed, contributing to my retirement account, uh, which was my responsibility to do because I wasn't working for somebody else, you know, it wasn't top of mind for me. My first husband became self-employed not that long after I did. 
And for a while, we weren't paying into our, uh, what are called in Australia, our superannuation funds at all. Now, being self-employed at such an early part uh, of my working career, I really didn't have a lot of money in my retirement fund to begin with. And uh, that meant that by the time I separated from my husband, I only had $18,000 in my retirement account. Now, if I'd stayed employed, you know, on a reasonably good wage or salary right up until, you know, the time I I separated, which was when I was 40, I perhaps would have had, you know, $100,000 or more in that account. Now, that sounds like a reasonable amount of money, but uh, when you think about it, you know, in another 25 years' time, it's probably not going to amount to that much uh, when you want to be able to live the rest of your life on that money. So arriving at 40 and realising that I only had $18,000 in my retirement account was actually quite a big shock. Now, the financial settlement for the divorce, you know, in Australia, the normal thing to do is that superannuation funds are are pooled for the settlement and then split in half. You are listening to The Very Brave Podcast. So I did receive, you know, money that topped up that account to $40,000, but that really, I was a long, long way behind where I should have been. And it really made me stop and think about my attitude to money, uh, my money beliefs, And it made me focus on what I needed to do in the short term to make sure that I was going to be able to provide for myself in retirement because I had absolutely no idea at that point if I was ever going to meet and and marry again. And I knew that, you know, I'd done the traditional thing and I had become a mother, I had been the primary carer for the kids, even though uh, I was still basically in a full-time working capacity. Uh, And I assumed that my first husband and I would be together forever and, um, you know, we'd be in, in retirement together. So it didn't really matter that my retirement account wasn't where it should be. Huge reality dose when you become divorced is, you know, the recognition that I shouldn't have been thinking like that these days you can't afford to because one in two marriages ends in divorce. And that's not even counting those who don't get married but are in long-term relationships that also end in a separation and a separation of assets and retirement funds as well. So I really fell into the trap of thinking that um, I didn't need to think about it. I didn't need to make sure that there was enough money there for me should something happen. Well, boy, have things changed. And uh, things changed because I got real with myself and uh, I realized that I had to have a completely different approach to money, how I earned it, how I distributed it, how I treated debt, and what I was prepared to do to grow a business that was going to provide for myself and my children. And beyond that, you know, to other people that I I want to help in in my family like my parents, for instance, and, you know, what I was willing to sacrifice to make sure that I was always going to be financially secure from that point on. Now, when I uh, separated, um, it was another, you know, 18 months or so before divorce became final. Um, You know, you've got to be divorced, uh, separated 12 months in Australia before you can apply for divorce. And 
you know, I left the marriage with just a small side hustle business, no recurring income. Uh, I was immediately cut off from the family income from the other business that I'd helped my ex-husband set up. And, you know, there were times uh, in that first 18 months to two years where I literally didn't know how I was going to buy bread for making the kids' lunches. And, you know, I had a fuel card that I would go and bill my fuel on at the petrol station and I would buy bread and milk at the fuel station, you know, early on in order to be able to have those uh, essentials and, uh, you know, then I'd have to pay for it uh, 30 days later. Thankfully, uh, some of the decisions that I made and the education that I decided I needed to go through around money and the energy of money and, you know, learning about how we need to structure ritual around our money. And, you know, over two years, I was able to work myself out of this giant hole uh, and grow my coaching business to, you know, a substantial level. And, you know, go from not owning any property to being in a place where I secured uh, just before the start of COVID, you know, land uh, and a, a contract to build a home and, you know, did all of that just in my own name. And I'm, I recognise that I'm proof that even if you find yourself in a situation where, you know, your money prospects are grim, if you commit to change and uh, commit to looking into what your limiting beliefs are around money and the way that you treat it, you really can make meaningful uh, gains in a very quick period of time. And, you know, recently uh, there's been a lot in the media about how in Australia over a woman's working career, she will actually earn about $2 million less than a man. You are listening to The Very Brave Podcast. And to me, this is just not acceptable anymore. We have to stand up as women and we have to take responsibility for our own earning capacity. Whether we're mothers or not, uh, there's, there's still decisions we can make that can positively impact our ability to be financially independent, even inside a relationship. And because one in every two marriages or thereabouts is ending in divorce, we simply can't afford not to take steps to ensure that we're going to be okay in retirement regardless of what happens, that we're even going to be okay in five years' time if our marriage ends unexpectedly. Now, I had a friend reach out to me about 12 months ago and she asked for help in finding accommodation. She said, I'm homeless, I'm sleeping on my father's couch and the kids are sharing a mattress. And I, first of all, was in total shock. This is a middle-class, well-educated woman who's in a supervisory role and she had housing insecurity. She was priced out of the rental market Uh, because of what was going on with rental shortages during the COVID period. And her divorce settlement had not allowed her enough money outright to purchase a property and her income on her own was not enough for her to get a mortgage. And I was just, you know, in shock, as I said, 
But I also recognised that had COVID happened another 18 months earlier, I quite possibly could have found myself in the same situation. And I think it's as a direct result of us going in with blinkers perhaps into relationships and marriages, um, you know, coming out of our uh, childhood girl fantasies of, you know, meeting a wonderful man and uh, or woman these days and just believing that that is uh, going to be it forever when, you know, forever doesn't eventuate for one in every two marriages. So I think that there's a lot that we can do even when we're happily inside a relationship to make sure that we don't miss out should something that we never saw coming eventuate and we find ourselves in midlife and no longer married. I've spoken with many women who have unexpectedly found themselves divorced in midlife who were the primary caregiver to their children. They actually didn't work while their children were young and at school and in many cases waited till uh, children had finished school before they went and pursued work that was meaningful to them. They may have gone and attained additional skills in some of the caring professions, you know, in childcare, in nursing, in aged care, and then they've, you know, gone to uh, working part-time maybe, some full-time, and when they've found themselves unexpectedly divorced in midlife, they have left the marriage again with not enough money to buy a property outright and for some of them, not having found uh, another relationship, they aren't able to find affordable accommodation on their own. And it's just a situation that breaks my heart, number one, but I think we should use as a warning to all women, especially young women who are just emerging out from school and education into the workforce, don't ever preference building up your partner's superannuation account instead of yours. Look into, with your employer, ways that you can get additional funds into your superannuation account. In Australia, we have something called salary sacrifice. Ask your employer about that. Look at putting some of your post-tax income into superannuation. And, you know, even if it's $10 a week, $10 a week over your working lifetime is going to make a massive difference when it comes to retirement. Ready to wake up every day and live your bravest life? Sign up today for our 365 Days of Brave and you will receive a daily brave message from Rachel Evans herself directly into your inbox, completely free of charge. Go to bravemedianetwork.com backslash 365 and sign up for your daily brave messages today. Now, even outside of retirement funds, I think it's vital that every woman has her own bank account that she is able to divert income into, even if it's, you know, $50 a week, every week for use for however you would like to spend that. And I think that becomes really important to, you know, just for your own sense of independence. But again, in that situation where you find yourself unexpectedly single, you have, you know, other money that you're able to access to set yourself up, you know, in a rental property or to buy furniture or, you know, if it's enough to um, even have a deposit for a house. So 
One of the rituals that I set up for myself was every week setting aside an hour. Uh, I do it on a Friday for something that I call money church. So I sit down, I look at uh, my expenses, I look at the available income that I have to make sure I clear those expenses on time. Uh, Even though I don't need to do it financially anymore, for all of the household bills, uh, for things like gas and electricity and water, I pay all of those uh, as a weekly automatic amount so that by the time the bills arrive, they're all taken care of. There's, There's nothing to actually be paid. And I... Make sure that, um, you know, I'm separating my income out into multiple accounts so that, you know, I've got money that I'm saving for the different investments that I like to make. I've got money to use if I see something that absolutely, you know, captures my heart's desire and I want to buy it. And I've got money that is just there for my play fund. You know, if I want to go and do something with the kids, go to the movies, uh, go on a, um, you know, an overnight trip somewhere, that money is there. And of course, because I'm a business owner, uh, I make sure that I treat the funds in my business in a similar way. Tax is allocated uh, on a weekly basis. And so is profit, you know, run a system where I ensure that as the owner, I'm paid first so that I don't eat last. Uh, I tell the business how much money it has to run on rather than uh, the business gobbling up all of the available income and me trying to just take the crumbs uh, of what's left over. So this money church is done religiously. And uh, at the end of the day, money loves structure. And it's so important that you learn the discipline of looking after money, learning about money, managing money, because you cannot afford in this modern day to leave it to someone else. Now, what does this look like inside a relationship? I'm remarried. Does this mean that uh, I don't share money with my husband now that, um, you know, I I am in a uh, happily in a new relationship? Absolutely not. Of course, we share money, but we both have a structure around the money that we earn and we have our combined money but we also have you know this these other accounts that's our individual splurge money we make sure that neither one uh, or only one uh retirement account is being preferenced for for adding to we add to both so i hope that uh from listening to this brave rave it just makes you think whether you're going through life, you know, happily solo or you'd love to be in a relationship or you are in a relationship, make sure you're still taking care of your money and uh, making sure that you're not neglecting your retirement account because even though you might be happily in a relationship or marriage right now, the statistics show that either you or the next person is not going to stay in that marriage forever. And we need to make sure that we're looking after ourselves, ladies, that we don't find ourselves in midlife or elderly not being able to have housing security, not being able to uh, have enough money to take care of ourselves should the need arise. That's my brave rave for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Very Brave Podcast. Thank you for listening to The Very Brave Podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. 
Also, remember to give us a rating and review. I'll be reading out reviews on future podcast episodes and I'd love to share your insights. For more information and additional resources, check out the website at www.therealrachel.com and www.bravemedianetwork.com. I love hanging out on Instagram as well, so make sure you follow me there at The Real Rachel Evans. And let's continue this conversation. I look forward to chatting with you next time. Thank you.